Today's podcast is What Does It Mean to Have Hope? Welcome to the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Foundations International. Our desire is to equip you with biblical truth to empower you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. For more, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. Now, here's your podcast. When you think of hope, what comes to mind? Is it that feeling that you get when you think maybe you found the miracle product that's finally going to help you lose that 20 pounds? Or is it when you get those warm fuzzies in your current relationship and you think, well, maybe this one will work? Or maybe some indication that your prodigal child is coming home? Or possibly that your new job is going to provide a better income for you and your family? Is that the feeling of hope? Webster's Dictionary says that hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. I've also heard it said that hope is the expectation of good. You know, during this last season, there's been a lot of long days and nights. And yet, recently, there's been the first signs of change. You know, you're driving along the road and you see these little green leaves popping up out of the ground and following in a few short days are those yellow petals. That's representing that the last season is coming to end and that soon the days are going to be longer and warmer and the nights are going to be filled with chirping frogs and buzzing insects. That's the indication that daffodils are up and spring is on its way. To me, that's a picture of hope. Sometimes it's easier for us to describe the absence of something than the presence of it. So when you're without hope, you have that feeling and that belief that nothing will change. Often you find that without hope, you're struggling in life. You find it difficult to believe that good things are going to happen for you. You feel that life is always going to be difficult, that relationships will always fail, that you'll never have enough money, that you've made so many mistakes in life that there's no way out and therefore there is no hope. There's no expectation of good. Wherever there's hopelessness, there's despair. And when despair comes in, it opens the door for depression to enter. You know, there's a Russian novelist and short story writer, and I'm not even going to try to tell you his name, but he says, to live without hope is to cease to live. We all need to have hope. You know, a few years back, we were going through a really tough time. We'd had three difficult situations take place back to back. You know, the picture that I got one day when I was praying about it, it was kind of like being in a boxing ring. You know, there was one opponent that came in and knocked me down. I got back up, a little bruised and battered. But then the second opponent came in and we fought back and forth, mainly with me just trying to defend myself because they were the aggressor. And that time when I went down on the mat, I got up, but I got up more slowly than I did the first time. Then the third time, I was tired and beat up and worn down, and my hope was waning. And so when the third attack happened, I was down for the count. I was enveloped in hopelessness. Despair entered, and soon depression followed. You know, I've never dealt with depression before, but I did then. Thankfully, 
because of the prayers of my husband and my friends, I didn't stay in that place very long. But it was a wake-up call. It was a, an alert that even I could enter into that place of depression. Now, I'm not making light of depression. Some people suffer dearly with depression. and But I'm talking about just a situational depression that just took over me and that I really struggled with. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. In this verse, we see the truth of what God says. He has plans for me, and He has plans for you. His plans are to prosper you. Prosper means to flourish physically, to grow strong, and to be healthy. Our Father God wants to see us grow strong and healthy. His plans are to give us that hope, that expectation of good for a future. I can hear just now, I can hear you saying, but my life isn't looking like that hope. Where do I get that expectation of good when circumstances are speaking the opposite? How do I shed that heaviness of hopelessness? Well, we have to get rid of the hopelessness to embrace the hope. The two can't exist. They don't coexist together. Our minds have to be renewed, and we have to cancel agreement with the enemy's lies that we're believing so that we can embrace God's truth and hope. I know, it's a lot easier said than done. You have to make that tough decision. Do I want my life to continue to look this way, the way it is, or do I want my life to change? Only you can decide. Others can want good things for you, but you can't change for you. Only you can change for you. You know, when I found myself in that dark place, I had to just determine I'm going to get out of bed. I had to decide each and every part of the day that I was going to go on. And as I continued to do that day after day and continued to focus on and meditate on the fact that God had good plans for me, that his hope was for a hope and a future for me, and that regardless of what had transpired in these three battles, even through my weariness, that his plans for me had not changed. His plans for you have not changed either. No matter what the circumstance that you find yourself in, his plans for you are good and they have not changed. When we make that decision, we can give him our hopelessness and he gives us his hope in exchange. In 1 Samuel 28 through 30, there is a powerful story. You know, David goes from a place of absolute hopelessness where the circumstances were dire to a place of celebration and hope. You know, I won't go into the whole story, but David finds himself uh, actually living in the camp of the enemy. You know, uh, Saul had been chasing him for years, and David just got worn out. He was tired of being chased by Saul, who was supposed to be his friend. And so David literally went into the camp, the enemy camp of the Philistines, and said, hey, guys, can I live with you? They gave him a city. That city was called Ziglag. And so David and all of his followers went and lived in the city of Ziglag. But David would go out with his men, and he would fight the battles with the Philistines. Now, what led David to that place? Well, he began to embrace this place of hopelessness. He said, Now shall I perish someday by the hand of Saul, for there's nothing better for me that I should speedily escape to the land of the Philistines. And Saul will despair of me, 
to seek any more in any part of Israel, so I shall escape out of his hand. You know, David decided, you know what? It'd be better for me to live with my enemies than to live with my friends because my friends are my enemies. So he left that land. But after he'd been in the land of the Philistines for a while, and he'd been fighting the battles, some of the Philistine army got suspicious of David, and they were afraid that he was going to turn on them. And so they told David, nope, David, we don't want you with us anymore. Thanks so much for your help, but we want you to go back to Ziglag. Well, you know, what was interesting is when David went to live with the enemy, that was one time that we do not see these four little words that so often are a part of David's life. Those four words of inquire of the Lord. David did not inquire of the Lord before he went and lived with the Philistines. And yet he just made the decision out of his place of hopelessness. Doesn't that happen with us? When we get in a place of desperation, when we get in a place of hopelessness, sometimes we forget to inquire of the Lord. So this is what happened. David and his men are riding towards Ziklag and from a long ways away, you see the city burning. Now, can you just imagine what was happening in David's heart about that time? He's a long ways away, and he sees the smoke from the city, and they can't get there fast enough. Well, when they get there, it was a desperate situation. David went from a place of severe hopelessness to even greater hopelessness, because he found that the city had been burned to the ground, his wife and children were all gone. In fact, all of the wives and all of the children were gone, and there was nothing left in the city. Well, then the men began to turn against David because they were angry that David had led them astray, that he had led them into the enemy camp. And so, you know what the scripture says David did? It says David strengthened himself in the Lord. So, What does that mean to strengthen himself in the Lord? Well, the Bible doesn't really tell us what David actually did, but if you look at the patterns in David's life, you can imagine David laid on his face. He cried out to the Lord. In fact, it says that they wept until they could weep no more. And then after that, David inquired of the Lord. Those four important words, he inquired of the Lord. Interesting question that David asked at that point, because you know, here his wives and his children have been taken, the city's burned to the ground, and David asked the question, should I pursue? Should I go after them? Now, I don't know about you, but that's a question I might not even ask. I would have been gone, well, of course you would. I'm not even sure I would have thought to ask that question. And I find myself in that position a lot that I don't always think about asking the question because it seemed like a no-brainer. It seemed like, well, of course you would. Well, David inquired of the Lord, and this is what the Lord said to him. Through the priest, he said, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. So after inquiring of the Lord, David decides that he is going to pursue. But there's a small problem. He doesn't know where the wives and children have been taken. But you know, God provided a way out for him. Isn't that just like our God? Even in the midst of hopelessness, in the midst of where it doesn't seem like there is an answer for us, 
God provided a way out. You see, there had been this Egyptian servant slave that had gotten sick that actually belonged to the uh, enemies that had raided the camp. He got sick, and they just left him behind. Well, the Egyptian servant slave said, I can take you to them. I know exactly where they are. And that's what he did. He led them to where the wives and the children were being held. You know, just imagine the celebration. Imagine what David went through from that place of desperation, that place of hopelessness, to where he finds the slave, and now he is filled with hope. Oh, I'm going to find him. I'm going to find the wives. I'm going to find the children. And he does. And he, when he does, it says that he overtook them, and he recovered all. All of the children, all of the wives, everything that was taken was restored back to David. Isn't that an amazing story? But that's our God. God provided a way for David, uh, even after he had messed up, he'd gone his own way. In fact, he lived with the enemy for 14 months. He lived with the Philistines. And yet when he turned and he came back to the Lord, God was there for him. I love that about God. You know, friend, I want to want you to be encouraged today. Whatever is going on in your life, no matter how bad it might seem, there is hope. God has not changed his mind. He's not thrown away his plans for you. But you have to make the decision to turn around, to begin that place of turnaround. Would you pray with me today? Father, I thank you for your hope. Our hope is in you. I thank you that no matter what our circumstances are, they are not too difficult for you. Even in the midst where there is no hope, even where it doesn't look like there is a way out, God, we know that you are providing a way out. So today, we choose to take our eyes off of the situation, off of the challenges, of the size of the challenges that we're facing, and we choose to put our eyes on how big you are. Like David, we choose to strengthen ourselves in you by embracing the truth of Jeremiah 29 11. We choose, Lord, to celebrate who you are and to embrace the fact, the knowing that you have a hope for our lives, that you have a future for us, and that your plans for us are good. Lord, I thank you that you have the strategy, just like you did for David, you have the strategy for each one of us as we turn and as we inquire of you that you're going to provide the way out for us. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And our declaration today is that today begins my turnaround. I give him all my hopelessness and I embrace all the hope that he has for me. Thank you for joining us on the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast today. We pray you are blessed and equipped with biblical truth, empowering you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. To learn more about the ministry of Restoring the Foundations International, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.